All right, before I get to my next guest, Ralph Keppel, I want to give a shout-out to a couple of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Finn Cycles. It's time to rethink golf. The game is at a tipping point. The young people we need in the game don't have four and a half hours to spend out on the course. Pairing Finn Cycles with a desire to play ready golf can cut playing time in half because all golfers go directly to their own golf ball. Plus, it's tons of fun. Go online to finscooters.com and click on Find a Finn for a course that has them near you. I also want to give another shout-out to our friends over at the McLemore. The McLemore Mountaintop community rests atop the highlands of Lookout Mountain, Georgia, overlooking historic McLemore Cove and Pigeon Mountain. Surrounded on all sides by state and national parks, historic land districts, and private land trusts, the resort features an 18-hole Reese Jones and Bill Bergen Championship course, a gated residential community, and a planned clubhouse opening in the fall of 2020, plus planned hotel and conference center. The dramatic 18-hole course is made up of a variety of golf experiences, combining canyon holes, highland holes, cliff edge holes that are well-suited for the beginning golfer as well as the senior player. McLemore also offers a wonderful six-hole short course called the Karen. Designed by Bill Bergen, the Karen provides players with a short warm-up or cool-down before or after a round, or a relaxing way to improve one's game with family and friends. McLemore is located a short driving distance from Atlanta, Nashville, Knoxville, Birmingham, and Huntsville, and just 35 minutes from downtown Chattanooga, voted number one best town in America two years in a row by Outside Magazine. While a private course, McLemore offers stay-and-play packages for guests in club-managed properties, as well as a number of membership opportunities, including social memberships, non-resident memberships, and corporate memberships as well. For more information, please visit McLemore online at themclemore.com or give them a call at 800-329-8154. All right, now back in making his second appearance with me here on Next on the T is Eastlake Golf Club's Director of Agronomy, Ralph Keppel. Ralph has been at Eastlake for nearly 30 years. He was the golf course superintendent for 26 of those years. As you all know, Eastlake Golf Club is here in Atlanta and is the home of the PGA Tour Championship. And if you're a fan of Bobby Jones and appreciate what he meant to the game, you know Eastlake is also the course he grew up playing on. Ralph graduated from Ohio State University with his degree in agronomy and turf grass management. He was a Georgia Turf Grass Association Professional of the Year back in 2000. He was a finalist for TurfNet Superintendent of the Year in 2007. And he was the 2012 Golf Course Superintendent of the Year. Folks, I've said this on the show many times. I was privileged to play East Lake once. It's the best golf experience I've ever had. And the course is just absolutely tremendous. And I'm very excited to have Ralph back again with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Ralph, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, Ralph, we're we're about a month past this year's tournament. It's is this the time of year that you get to exhale and relax a little bit, or is there no let-up when you're in charge of a golf course like Eastlake? I don't think there's a let-up when you're in charge of any golf course anymore, but um, this year was a little bit of a breather because without spectators, we didn't have all the hospitality built out. There was not a whole lot going on after the tournament. Everything was cleared out in a week instead of uh, eight to ten weeks. So to that end, right, without uh, spectators on the golf course, does that make it a little bit easier to take care of the golf course during tournament week? You don't have to deal with a lot of the folks and trampling things down, or 
or are the are the spectators so far off of where you need them to be? It it, uh, it really didn't make a difference outside of the hospitality stuff. Uh, without a doubt, it makes it easier because we didn't have to, you know, we didn't have to try and get out of certain parts of the golf course when the gates were getting ready to open. We didn't have to kind of work our way through the crowds when we're going from the front nine to the back nine. Um, it definitely made it easier for us. Um, but the easiest part of all is not having as much damage done to the golf course from the hospitality. And uh, we aren't going to have to sod anything this year, which is kind of like a vacation in and of itself. And Ralph, typically this time of year, you guys have a couple of other tournaments. You got the East Lake Invitational Tournament and the East Lake Cup, uh, where you ho- where you guys uh, typically host the top men's and women's uh, college teams. Are you guys doing those tournaments this year? We are not going to do the East Lake Invitational this year due to the COVID uh, restrictions, but we are going to have the East Lake Cup, um, and it's it's going to be uh, no spectators, from what I understand. There's final decisions to be made on everything. It's still going to be televised on Golf Channel. Um, the, instead of having the top four teams from the NCAAs, because they never played the NCAA last spring, they they started off trying to get the top four ranked teams at the at the time the season ended last year. Um, certain teams are not playing still. Um, Wake Forest girls, for instance, aren't playing this fall. So they they were I think were ranked number one at the end of the season last year. So um, they've shuffled some things around, but they still have eight great teams coming for four women's and four men's teams. And Ralph, during the uh, the Tour Championship. Are the are the players seeking you out for you know, for advice on you know how to play the golf course? Maybe some of the subtleties of the green. Maybe some strategy type questions. Do you have the same guys kind of coming and kind of get in your ear to try to get a little extra? Maybe a little step up on the uh, on the other players. I have. I can honestly say I've never had that happen. <laughs> it'd be, really? It'd be kind of fun if they did, but no, I've never had a player come in and ask anything like that. Maybe they've seen me play. <laughs> so this time of year, are you are you overseeding the course? How do you keep the course in such great condition as we head into the fall? Uh, we we just overseeded our par three tees and our range tee, but that's all we do. Um, our fairways are zoysia grass, and they stay green for uh, usually anywhere from from eight to ten months of the of the year. Uh, and even when they're dormant, they're a different kind of golden color versus the Bermuda, so they still stand out. So that we don't we don't need to worry about those um, tees. We 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 get enough play that we we get a little bit of wear on the tees, but the par three tees are the only ones we really kind of need to oversee that gives us the opportunity to fill divots and get grass back in them. But other than that, um, you know, we're we're just trying to follow the weather and you know, hopefully we, we slowed down on the rain because it was a pretty difficult summer. Um, but this past month has been great. And speaking of the weather, and Ralph, I think you might be one of the, the best authorities to help us all understand how different a Masters is going to be this year with respect to course conditions and the temperatures. How, how different does East Lake and do you expect Augusta National to play in November? Uh, versus what we typically see in April. Is that is the is the, the cold temperature is going to make it harder, longer? 
What are your thoughts? Well, I don't, I don't, the temperatures will be a little bit colder, so I'm sure it'll play a bit longer. It just depends on how much rain we get. In November, I don't think we're going to see the same kind of um, evaporation occur. So if, it, if the course gets wet, I think it's going to stay wet longer. So again, it would play a little bit longer. But I think the ryegrass is going to be much more immature than normal. And I'm curious to see how it's going to look. I know they're expecting the Bermuda grass to still have a little bit of color to it. So anywhere the the ryegrass is a little bit thin, it's not going to really show. It's still going to look like Augusta, maybe not quite as dark green as we're used to. Um, I'm kind of curious to see it myself. Um, but I think it's going to play maybe a little bit longer, but I don't think much more different. Uh, I think the greens will be exactly the same. And Ralph, you mentioned rain. I remember back in 2009, we had, I don't know, 12, 13 inches of rain just prior to yeah. the, the tournament. And I remember local news channels showing the entire golf course there at East Lake being underwater. Take me through how you guys were able to get that taken care of and actually play the tournament. Well, um, fortunately, the course drains pretty well. Um, the property is, is like a big bowl. The East Lake is right in the middle. Um, the clubhouse sits right, you know, right off the lake. Um, all that water ended up going into the lake and going over the spillways and draining downstream. Uh, but the big rain that really hit us was Monday afternoon. Uh, about four o'clock, I was in a meeting in the rules trailer with our tour agronomist, and we were actually discussing how we were going to prepare for the next few days with the rain. And the whole time we were in there, I didn't realize how hard it was raining. When we opened the door to come out of the meeting, the first fairway looked like a river. <laughs> and the trailer was sitting right along that first hole then, now number 10. Um, I don't think I'd ever seen that much water running across the golf course the way it was. And then we were in my truck. I was driving down the street to go back to our shop, which is on the other side of the course. And every street coming towards the golf course looked like a raging river. And I could see the water was up over all the, uh, the little spillways between ponds. And, uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty incredible. Um, yeah, like I said, the course drained pretty well. We at that time we had decided we were going to hold off on any any practice rounds until at least noon on Tuesday. Uh, we had, I think at that time we probably had thirty or so volunteers helping our staff, and all we did for it seemed like the whole week was shovel bunkers back up because it just kept raining. It was a, a miserable week. And one of the things you you mentioned there and telling that story was. The swapping of the nines. What led to that? Why? Why did? Uh, why was the decision made to flip the nines around? The, the PGA Tour wanted to have more what they called volatility on the back nine on the finishing round, so or the finishing nine holes, and they felt like on the, the original nine, seven, eight, nine were three of the hardest holes on the golf course. So there was there's potential for somebody to have a bogey, not a whole lot of birdies. So they felt like there wasn't enough movement to keep excitement. So when they flipped the nines and we did a little bit of work to uh, the, the 18th hole, 
um, the idea was we would have a, a really difficult par four, the, what is now the sixth or the fifth hole, and then six is a hole where you know, anything can happen. You can have a birdie, you can have a double. So there's you know potential for big movement there, and then 16 has turned out to be actually a birdie hole, which is shocking to me because for members it's a brutal hole. Uh, and eight and and nine, or I'm gotta get flipped again, don't I? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm after 20, 28 years, I struggle to get the numbers right. So 14, 15, 16 is what I just described. 17 is a, a birdie hole in general for them, but 18, they wanted a hole that anybody would be able to reach into in order to have the potential to have an eagle to, to tie, win, whatever. Um, but at the same time, and we saw with Rory on Saturday, there's when you have the rough, good and difficult, things can happen. So sometimes the water comes into play and that double bogey or that eagle turns into a double bogey. So Ralph, when when you're lying awake at night, what 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 keeps you awake worrying about the golf course? Is there something that you know you're you're sort of concerned about on a on a regular basis about the golf course or is everything running pretty smooth and you, uh, you can sleep soundly every night? Generally, I can sleep through anything. Uh, my wife thinks I'm a bit of a freak, but I get up at four in the morning, <laughs> so I'm usually tired when I go to bed. Um, it really depends on what's going on at the time. You know, tour championship this year, everything was was pretty good going into it. Then we actually had a, a disease come up on greens the weekend prior, and that had me concerned, and I didn't say I wouldn't say I lost a lot of sleep over it. We we got applications out and got it under control, but it's one of those things where it's, you know you can't control weather, and we had a lot of rain going into that event, a lot of cloudy days. Even though we were on a strong fungicide program, sometimes you just can't beat Mother Nature. And if I can't beat Mother Nature, what's the point of staying, staying awake worrying about it, right? <laughs> I'm not gonna That's win. A good attitude. Yep. Ralph, just a couple more before I let you go. And and when people mention the name Bobby Jones and uh, when that happens, all of our ears sort of perk up. And for our listeners who aren't familiar with Eastlake outside of knowing that that's where the tour championship is played, can you share the history of the golf course and what has to be an awesome responsibility to maintain uh, the golf course that Bobby Jones grew up on? Sure. Um, Eastlake was the first, uh, first golf course in the city. Uh, it was chartered in 1904 as part of the Atlanta Athletic Club. It took them four years to build the entire 18 holes. Uh, I believe they opened nine holes in 1906, but the full opening was 1908. Um, original uh, architect was Tom Bendelow. The golf course was kind of rudimentary, and they, they decided they wanted to make some changes. So Donald Ross was brought in in 1913, I believe it was. Um, he made changes and the golf course stayed like that until 1959. Um, they did some renovations with George Cobb in 59 for the Ryder Cup that was held there in 63. So, um, Bobby Jones moved there when he was very young, I believe six years old. Um, kind of to get out in the country that time I was out in the country and get fresh air it's kind of funny when you think about it now because now we feel like we're in the middle of the city um it was the last 
stop on the rail line and um you know he he and his father just and his mother moved out there he started watching Stuart Maiden play golf and started trying to copy him uh apparently he was pretty good at copying a swing he was awfully good to say the least uh, there was a lot of great players in that time Alexis Sterling was there at the same time and she's she won her share of u.s women's amateurs and canadian women's amateurs um and it's, you could go on and on with the, the number of great golfers that came out of east lake and ralph you mentioned uh, a few moments ago about member play and, and uh, which holes are difficult for the members i'm curious uh, just in general how differently does the golf course play every week for the members versus how it plays for the tour championship? Well, unfortunately, um, we have to start growing rough fairly early to start getting it ready for the tournament. And then when the tournament's over, we have to slowly bring it back down. So we're not scalping it going into winter, which isn't good for the grass. So, they get their fair share of playing it pretty difficult, uh, pretty difficult conditions with the rough. Uh, in the wintertime, certainly plays a lot easier. When the rough is not, um, you know, grabbing your club or the ball and settling down into it too badly, the golf course is pretty straightforward. Um, and it can, it can be had if you're hitting fairways, no matter what the rough's like, it's a very fair golf course. Um, the problem is most of us don't hit fairways that often, so <laughs> it gets to be a challenge. And it is—I've uh, experienced that rough a little bit, and it is not fun. But the fairways are great. Ralph, before I let you go, um, you're an interesting follow. You've got a lot of great things that you're you're tweeting and retweeting about on Twitter. Let our listeners know how they can stay up to date and follow you on social media. Um, well, we've got, uh, at East Lake Agronomy, which is, um, basically we'll, we'll put out a lot of things that we're doing on the golf course on that Twitter handle. And I've had my own, um, which is at our Keppel GCS. A lot of the times it's the same things, but sometimes I do my own stuff and, um, generally I run both of them, but, uh, I get some help with the agronomy ones, so it isn't always the same. Well, Ralph, I appreciate you staying up late. You say you get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, so I know this is late for you. I appreciate you doing it, being uh, a part of the show tonight. Always interesting hearing uh, uh, from you and what's going on out at, Le- out at East Lake. It is, uh, it is certainly the jewel of, uh, of the Atlanta golf courses. And like I say, it's, I had the uh, privilege of playing out there once, and it is absolutely the best golf experience I ever had. So I thank you very much for that. We need to get you back out there, don't we? I'd love to do it. Trust me. You wouldn't have to twist my arm, my friend. Okay. Well, I appreciate you having me. All right. Take care, Ralph. All the best to you and your family. Stay safe out there. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. See you, Ralph. That's a great Ralph Keppel. And uh, like I say, he's uh, he's got some interesting things that he's tweeting out there on, uh, on Twitter. So at R Keppel, K-E-P-P-L-E-G-C-S is his uh, Twitter handle. So you can check him out there. And uh, at East Lake GC, so you can find uh, what's going on uh, for the East Lake uh, Golf Club itself, and then, like you say, the agronomy site there as well. And I'm telling you, folks, East Lake—it's 
you know, as, as you can well imagine, right? Anything associated with Bobby Jones and the tour championship is going to be first class. And, and Ralph does a great job handling that golf course and keeping it in tip top shape. But from the, like I say, one time I got the opportunity to go out there and I hope I get an opportunity to do it again. But from the moment you drive in to everything that they handle for you and leading, leading you around the golf course, the caddies and, the, and playing that golf course, is just simply outstanding. It's a day that I will never forget. Uh, I've had uh, a lot of privileges to play a lot of golf courses. Um, none better than the experience of playing East Lake. And then going out there and just being out there for the Tour Championship. Unfortunately, obviously, with COVID, we didn't get an opportunity to do that this year. But uh, I do it every year and I uh, take my son and we go out there and we check it out. It's, uh, it's a beautiful golf course and a great tournament. And uh, kudos to Ralph and everybody out there for uh, for the tournament and for the conditions of playing. Uh, just doesn't get any better. So really looking forward to hopefully, uh, hopefully getting uh, Ralph back on the show again and hearing uh, all the great things that they continue to do there. All right, folks, it's time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the T. want to send out my sincere thanks again to Tom Patry, Chip Beck, and Ralph Keppel for joining me tonight. Please check out our website, nextonthetea.net, to keep up to date with what our guest schedule looks like. And speaking of which, next week scheduled to join me are two of the top instructors and great friends of the show, Rob Strano and Kelly Stenzel, will be here, plus John Goyne, who was the head pro at TPC Southwind in Memphis and now owns Timber Trust Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi, formerly known as Plantation Golf Club. Looking forward to having John on the show. You can stream this show as a podcast on a number of great podcasting sites like podcast.co, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audioboom, Player.fm, Radio.com. Folks, if you've got a favorite podcasting site, you can bet this show is on it. Folks, thank you again for choosing to listen to this show tonight. We really appreciate the fact that you continue to make us a part of your golfing content. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.